Welcome back to another episode of the Shups and Preds podcast. This week, we got a little week nine recap, plus our week 10 Preds fantasy review. And you better believe it, listener feedback segment. Uh, we're rolling three strong this week, myself, Matt, and Tyler. We've just watched the Toronto Argonauts defeat the Ottawa Red Blacks by a score of 35-16 to 16 in the first game of Week 10. So before we get into our Week 9 review, boys, how are we feeling? Love to start the five-game week off with a, uh, a pred in the win column for myself. A correct, pred. A wild game. <laughs> yeah, tr- truly. I was, I was, I will say I was close to giving Ottawa the, uh, the nod here, but I have two I was in the back of my head saying Toronto <laughs> is a home team. They're not going to lose at home. It. <laughs> if this was, was in Ottawa, go- I think I would have taken that flyer. Let me ask you this. Did you ever think this year we would see Ottawa outgain a team in overall offense yard? Ottawa outgained Toronto 406 to 253 in total offense and then lost and then lost. That by, by, a si- by a sizable margin. Yeah, 2019 like, What was that? Points. Two pick sixes. Both team two pick sixes for Toronto. Both teams had a punt block touchdown. Um, DJ Foster still asserting himself as a kind of a newcomer, f- very fun player in the CFL as he works into that uh, rotation for the Argos. Uh, but yeah, I was close uh, to pulling the trigger the, on the, the Red start, Blacks. This is the hot start to the month that I wanted the Argos to have. I, I told you they're going to be the team that emerges from the East this month, and I think this is just the you're seeing the beginning. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that later, Tyler. Well, and certainly I'll get because I don't agree because my... I think this Monday against Hamilton they're in for a rude awakening. <laughs> Well, I'll get into it when I do my recap of the Hamilton-Montreal game, but the Cliff's note is that in a three, five-game series uh, for Toronto against Hamilton or Montreal, I'm taking Toronto. I think they're the more consistent team. But on a a one-game, week-to-week basis, I think Hamilton and Montreal are both more capable offensively than Toronto. Uh... I think Montreal has a pretty bad defense. Uh, that's why of, I said offensively. But, I, I, but I that, but that, but that being said, Hamilton only managed, managed to score twenty points last week against Montreal's not that good defense. So, this is true. Which we will get into in the review segment. Yes, we which will. is starting now, right now. We're going to start off, kick it off with the uh, showdown last Friday. In BC, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers defeated the BC Lions 30 to 9. Uh, boys, it is Zach Kolaris' world, and we are simply living in it. The man, no, the simping. CFL, the comeback player of the year, clearly, the MOP, pretty much clearly to this point, Zach Kolaris went 28 for 33, 417 yards, two touchdowns, thriving outside of the pocket. Averaged 14.9 yards per reception in this game. The bulk of his uh, output went to Kenny Lawler, who uh, really showed out this game. I think he had 126 yards Before just getting in the drunk first and half. crashing his car. Yes, he did. Unfortunately, uh, Sully. Go a little too hard on the celebration. Yes, 
he did do that, which was bad. But he also ended this game with 12 receptions for 205 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Guess who added one touchdown on the ground? Anybody? Was that a... The Maca? vulture himself. Sean McGuire. <laughs> uh, the Shiny defense Mac. ran wild. They had six sacks, two forced fumbles, five pass deflections. Uh, for BC offensively, Michael Riley truly got beat to hell and just looked dejected. Ended up getting pulled for Nathan Rourke uh, late in the game. Uh, Rourke went on to throw an interception. The big news for BC was unfortunately they lost Lucky Whitehead. Um, going to be out two to four weeks with a wrist injury. He already has had surgery on that, so on the men. Uh, Brian Burnham did ha- put in a good performance, seven receptions for 82 yards. Burnham got a little heated there towards the end of the game uh, as Rourke took a knee to assault that, wa- assault that loss away rather than trying to go for a score. So you see some heat from Burnham. You know that I, can't, I don't think any Lions player is happy this bye week after uh, receiving that butt-kicking. The offensive line for BC is quite simply a sieve. Uh, they provide almost no protection, especially against a uh, Winnipeg defensive front, who is absolutely dominant. And then when they get ahead, they can just pin their ears back on the pass rush. Well, and they can especially pin their ears back when the uh, BC Lions rush for seven rushes for 16 yards. I am um, just common, wait. a common theme this season: protect. This is this is a protect your quarterback running game that should have been implemented. Give the Winnipeg defense at least a little something to worry about, so that, like Tyler said, don't just pin their ears back um, and explode. Um, but so that was the game. Again, the story of the game in the season is Zach Caleros, who on the year currently complete, completing seventy two point four percent of his passes. His career average is 66.4, so having a better year on average. He's leading the CFL in passing yards. He's second in passing touchdowns with 12. Boys, Winnipeg is far and away the best team in the CFL. What are your takeaways after they uh, shut the door on old BC last Friday night? Before I have too many takeaways, I will say I wish a team would would try to set up icing. I've already said this a few times. against Screen screen passes. If you look at their... If you look at the receiving chart for BC, uh, you know most of the receptions were, were were longer throws, which is which is fine. But I don't think it'll it, over the course of the game it, it puts off the pass rush enough to to keep them honest and keep them in the and keep some of those players in the flats. So shout out uh, shout out to DJ Foster who scored on a screen pass for the Argos today. Uh, yes, I agree with you, Tyler. Screen passes um, would be a good thing. We've talked about this since the Saskatchewan game, the first Saskatchewan-Winnipeg game, really, when we said, like, let's try and pull back that defense just a little bit, and nobody seems to be doing that. Yeah, so not that it excuses it necessarily, but BC's big problem, and and one of the reasons that their uh, pass chart is so skewed towards long passes is that so frequently they're facing a second and 10, 11, 12 or a second, you know, so, some sort of second and long. So um, it's not like they can, they're, they're gaining five, six yards on a run or a short mm-hmm. play on first down. They're dropping a lot of passes. They're not getting anywhere on the ground and it's forcing them to, to make these longer passes. And of course, like a team like Winnipeg, 
knows that. And Winnipeg has a stack D from the line to the goal line. And if they know, okay, they have to get 10 yards and they don't have a run game, we'll sit our asses right on nine yards from the line of scrimmage and just, it's just gravy. It's just too easy. Yeah. Do, no. do, do we think, okay, we, we, BC was four and two two weeks ago. We were all very high on BC. They've now lost to Saskatchewan, gotten their doors blown off by Winnipeg. Do we still feel the same way about BC that we did two weeks ago? I still feel that they are in contention to be the second best team in the West. I don't think that, as we talked about last week, <laughs> I don't, well, I don't think that Scatch game proved that Scatch was any better than BC. They won a very close game. Uh, I think they caught a pretty good break late with that punt. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I think Winnipeg's the class, and I don't think anybody's close to them at this point. Yeah, I mean, pork rankings. You guys both following pork rankings on Twitter? I'm not. You guys don't have this one? This You're going to have to enlighten us. He's at pork rankings. He does a power ranking every week, but in the context of a pork product. Let me pull it up. Mm. At pork rankings. <laughs> what? going on this is intriguing <laughs> yeah i can't believe you guys don't have this one yeah so um so right now uh the bombers are maple smoked bacon and he has them on an island all alone hope they don't get lonely and then <laughs> down at, down at the bottom we've got red blacks which is surprise pork uh elks is potted meat and then like stamps is pig's ear and then there's a descriptor so stamps, pig's ear, typically an appetizer. The outer texture is gelatinous, and the center cartilage is crunchy. Look, some people will eat it if hungry enough. So every week he comes out with oh, a ranking of very the Very interesting. In the context of uh, pork products of some type. So, But I like it. I, I think at least for the last, certainly this week, I think for the last couple of weeks, he's mentioned that the, the bombers are the best by a mile. Yes. So. For me to say that BC has no chance right now of like beating Winnipeg has is all to do with how good Winnipeg is playing, and I think BC stands straight up against any team. I I, I would say that even Saskatchewan, especially at home, uh, I would pick BC over any team besides the Bombers right now. Um, Even with Lucky Whitehead out now? Uh, yeah, even then. I mean, like, obviously... That's a big one for me. I mean, Lucky It's, it's is, a big one, but you, you think yeah. that they have have uh, Lamar Durant, who's kind of been underutilized as Lucky, and Brian Burnham have uh, um, really shined. And Burnham's going to get a lot of attention by, from other Bur- defenses now. It'll be interesting to well, see. Well, he always had. I mean, that's... I mean... The, the Burnham yeah, but, story is that's why that's why Lucky in many ways has been able to show out because Burnham was such a target uh, for the defenses. So I still think that BC is, is looking really good, and, and this game didn't really change my opinion. No, is it? Yeah, no, I mean, it's just like it's Winnipeg. Like, yeah, I, I don't really know how much you can take away from Winnipeg games for the, for right now, as odd as that sounds. They're just so much better. They're just 100%. so much better. Yeah, but but the elks, but the elks are going to beat them, right, John? Well, the elks are going to beat them. Interestingly enough, and we will get to that. But before that, <laughs> let's pass it to Matt 
to give us a breakdown of the OT thriller between yeah. Montreal so and Yeah, so as Hamilton. I mentioned, um, the, the matchup of the uh, the two most schizophrenic offenses True. Uh, and teams in general um, in the CFL, uh, I think that I you don't know I don't didn't know what to expect because these teams have been so hot and cold, um, and it started off very very cold. So Montreal basically nowhere to be seen. Two possessions in the first quarter, uh, both ended in quick punts. Um, VA did get injured. We thought he was going to be out for the rest of the game, but he, he came back in in the third quarter. Um, Matt Schultz stepped in. And uh, Hamilton also, they managed two long drives, but nothing super exciting. We did get Braylon Addison and Brandon Banks with uh, receptions. So it really sort of felt like, okay, now the band's getting back together. But um, they had to settle for field goals. Uh, Hamilton did. Only made one out of the two. And basically that, I I think through the first half, I, I think we were thinking that this is the early 2021 season CFL football. Like, this is what we come fest. to expect. So the total slot fest. Um, you know, Montreal gets a little bit of something going. They huge bomb for 68 yards to Quan Bray. Um, but then they also miss a field goal. Hamilton has a field goal of their own. Um, so it's going into the third quarter, 6-3 to three, Hamilton. Bunch of punts, two missed field goals. Um, so thinking like, okay, these seem like just inert offenses, um, but really not the, uh, the return, I think for like Hamilton kind of expected the return to form with Brandon Banks and Braylon Addison playing catch with Jeremiah Masoli, um, didn't happen, uh, especially in that first quarter or first half. Um, then it kind of turned on, got going, uh, Hamilton, uh, Put a bunch up, put, uh, what is that, put 11 up. They had a field goal, a TD, and a two-point conversion um, in that third quarter. Uh, and then VA did return, but he tallied that first of his two interceptions. Um, and so, again, we're just thinking, okay, where is Montreal? Like we had talked about, I remember in we week two here? where this is the most explosive offense. And and really in many ways they are. And it showed at the end of the, in the fourth quarter, like all of a sudden Montreal is like, can basically score at will, you know, <laughs> they're like, and their defense is playing well. So early TD in the fourth quarter to Jake Weineke, they forced a punt. They got the ball back, got a field goal for, forced another punt. And then they're about to score again, but okay. But then a pick at the two at Hamilton's two yard line. God and so VA. It's just it, it's just too hot and cold, and, and so I fully expect He's that, a winner, though. you know that these three you know that Toronto, uh, Montreal, and Hamilton will go into you know the playoffs. Those are the three teams that are going to make the playoffs in the East, um, and like it's it's entirely possible, like maybe even like probable that Montreal can just go show out against. Hamilton and Toronto, and, and take it to the Grey Cup. Now they're not going to win, of course. I mean, we we all know that, but like they could. But, but then it's at also the same possible time, that they score they ten could, points. Yeah, they could totally just run up to Toronto and just have. Uh, oh, oh, they're going to go to they're going to go to Toronto and oh do it. Oh my anything? god! Don't take it so literally. Yeah, I'm a big Toronto guy now. 
<laughs> Apparently no, so. I, I agree. Uh, yeah, fairly anticlimactic. Hamilton fumbled well, on their first well, the series in overtime. Pretty climactic. Yeah, pretty climactic. Fourth quarter. Well, no, the uh, the overtime. So yes, yeah, obviously, uh, a huge Geno Smith with or hell, I did it. I did it, John. Oh, I, was I, thinking, I know. Buzzer. Geno Lewis, friend of the pod, uh, scores a ridiculous TD, takes a twenty to seventeen lead with twenty nine seconds to go. On Hamilton field goal. And, uh, yeah, we go to overtime. Hamilton fumbles it on their first series. Montreal kicks a field goal to win it, which I think is a really dumb way to end a uh, a fun fourth quarter. <laughs> but, anyways, uh, yeah, I, I don't have much to say because I didn't learn anything new because these teams can score, like, zero points and not move the ball at all for an entire half and then score 17, 20 points and a half basically at will. So, Make of that what you will. Yeah, Masoli. I mean, Masoli was was boring. I would say. I was saying well, there first was, came was... back from a uh, serious rib injury. So let's. But yeah, I think he was cautious. <laughs> okay, well, he's on. The, he's on the field. He's a player. I mean, yeah. Okay. okay I, I so. think that is that. That's definitely a good note, John. That I think everybody on the you know the three returning guys from injury, uh, Masoli, Banks, and Addison. Uh, although you know they got tons of touches and i do yeah underwhelming i totally agree with tyler but i don't know i'm I'm a big excuse maker for my boys (laughs) but i mean i i just have the opinion you know if you're healthy enough to be on the field and you're playing then you can i'm going to subject you to the same treatment that i would the players that are you know otherwise you know if you're not yeah that's fair think don't play don't get on the field uh i gotta say uh when va was out and schultz was in Schultz can let it rock, rock a little bit. He can slang. Four completions for 108 yards. I mean, the guy can slang. Uh, VA has got to cut the turnovers out, or else Montreal is going to just continue to mire in this sort of mediocrity that they are in. Yeah. Okay. They won. Gino Lewis, great cat. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, they, it's a great, it's a good win for them. But again, VA throwing picks in the red zone. It's got to, at a certain point, it's got to cut it out or. You know, he's yeah. really stop, stopping this team from going where it might it might be able to. Now, currently 13 touchdowns, 8 interceptions on the season for a big play VA, which, yeah, is not a touchdown-to-interception ratio you want at all. Uh, so I definitely agree with that assessment. Um, but ex- I, I thought that this was a game where should Montreal lose it, and especially in the fashion it looked like they were going to lose, which is going out with a whimper, that was going to be uh, not very good for the rest of the season. But to come get that gutsy win there at the end, I uh, feel like it could be a really big turning point for them. And then to build on that with a game against Ottawa is always nice. So I think you could see good things going forward for them. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, let's move to T-Press. In a great Aye. game, a game I've been waiting to hear him talk about all weekend long. Oh, is, uh, this, what, is this what you've been waiting for all weekend? <laughs> Riders at Stampeders, Tyler Press, tell us how that went down. Uh, well, it did not go as I expected it to go. Um, in fact, I don't think anybody expected this game to go how it did no, across the entire the Riders. Uh, Calgary on the back of or on the arm of Bo Levi Mitchell. Uh, I didn't think I'd be saying this. Say that. Jumped out to say it one four- more time. Uh, jumped out to a 14-0 lead. 
Uh, Bo, I think, completed with seven of his first seven uh, for almost 100 yards in the first quarter. He was uh, on fire, to be frank. Uh, Skatch continued its sort of first half scoring issues that I think it's had uh, in these games where they've struggled throughout the season, uh, only putting up two field goals in the second quarter going into the halftime, 17-6. And uh, to be honest, look, looked pretty anemic on the offensive side. Uh, Cody Fajardo was very inaccurate this game. He ended up finishing the game 25 of 44. So, uh, yeah, he was a little, he was erratic. Uh, they had to throw a lot as they were behind early. And I think it, uh, it took them out of their game plan of what they wanted to do. Um, in the second half, we had an, ex- we had kind of a boring, uh, start to the, to the second half. Uh, Calgary kicked a field goal to go up to 20 to 16. And then, uh, basically from the end of the third quarter on, things were exciting um, we had, a, after a rouge by John Ryan, uh, uh, Skatch was able to cut the Calgary lead down to six with a uh, running touchdown by William Powell with eight minutes left. Uh, Skatch had a bunch of, uh, of, of time to, to get back. They, they, the defense clamped down big time in the second half, only allowing six points. Um, they kicked a field goal with a minute 43 to get the lead down to six, like back to six. And then attempted an onside kick. Uh, Lothar kicked a great onside kick the first time to the left side. Uh, it was recovered by Keon Schaefer Baker. However, there was interference ruled against Saskatchewan uh, for running into one of the returners before the ball was was picked up. So they had to re-kick the onside. Uh, so they recovered it again. This time, Lothar kicked it to himself a in one of the best onside on- kick. One of the best onside kicks I have, these eyes have ever seen. Uh, and you felt you felt after the the win last week over BC, where you could argue they maybe didn't deserve it, and they got a break, sort of a special teams break. Well, it, it seemed like maybe we were headed for the same thing. Uh, Fajardo kept the drive alive on a great scramble on third and four around midfield. Uh, unfortunately, again, uh, a long a long third and ten. Uh, went went deep on the on the with about 25 seconds left and was picked off uh near the end zone i, f- I felt like that was kind of an unnecessary throw i feel like they could have tried to get the first down and maybe not need to throw uh with 30 seconds left but uh, i'm not the play caller uh saskatchewan loses uh 23 17 on the road um not a great performance as i said from cody fajardo uh i think he, he didn't run well this game either we've been seeing him run pretty well most of the season uh i believe this game he probably averaged less than three yards a rush 3.3 actually but yeah still, so that's stated not good not good compared to where he's been at all season um it, i think it's just very clear that uh saskatchewan struggles early in the game if they if the other team can hop out to a lead they kind of panic with what they want to do uh, that being said, their defense, that's a tale of, of the defenses. Uh, Calgary defense played consistently all games. Saskatchewan defense really didn't turn it on until after the first quarter. Uh, after the first quarter, they only allowed nine points um, and only 268 yards for Calgary. Uh, only Bo Levi, uh, actually, I think he got hurt, but I'm not sure what, what the did, status on that is. Got he hurt did hurt his shoulder, but he's full practice, so looks like he's going to go this week. He, yeah, if you would, so he said he sorry. withdrew himself. He he told yes. um, he told your boy Davy D that he you know to put Mare in for that last series. I got to give credit where credit is due. Dickinson's been listening to the pod. He gave the, the ball to Kadeem Carey eleven times. 
carry uh, rewarded that trust with 78 yards on the ground, including a, a 30 yard run that he snapped off. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, not a great passing day for Bo. Uh, just basically, you know, after those first two touchdowns and the, after a hot first quarter, basically just managed the game at, from there on out. Um, only finished with 184 yards. They almost uh, to keep put, to put it in perspective. Uh, yards per attempt were almost the same as carries yards per carry. So, uh, Saskatchewan uh, also is struggling with penalties uh, week after week. So another eight this week. Calgary's most disciplined game with three penalties. So uh, you know maybe Dickinson's I mean, listening to the pod because through through yeah. five or six games, I think I can't remember when you gave that stat, but through let's say six games, they didn't have below nine penalties. A game. Um, it was a bad. game. And so to, to have three is not just and like one of a those... course correction. Yep. Like, yeah, was, was, wasn't one of them. One the, was uh... defensive. Oh, yeah. Okay. Two, two of Calgary's penalties, two of their three penalties were offensive. Um, so the defense not making mistakes and not giving away free yards is huge. Yeah, the yeah. Calgary defense is bend, don't break. The, the both teams averaged kind of a, a pretty poor 5.6 yards per play for Saskatchewan and 5.7 for Calgary. So really, this was a conservative game plan from Calgary. Uh, jump out to a lead and just hold it. And, and, you know, if you're Saskatchewan, you're kind of kicking yourself because, you know, you, you let up only nine points after the after the first quarter and you, and you, only, put, you only end up putting up 17 points against Calgary. Not great. So... Uh, Mitch, this, the rematch is going to be interesting. I think we've all predicted Saskatchewan again, so I guess we're both seeing, or at least we're all seeing this as a, as a blip. But uh, if if Saskatchewan, the pressure is on them. That's uh, they, no, that's if, why I'm picking Sketch uh, this upcoming week is because they need a performance right now. They like do. they have an opportunity convi- to separate convi- themselves from BC. One. Yep, exactly. They have a chance to put a two-game lead uh, on BC for second place in the West. Uh, secure that home field for the first round of the playoffs, which would be huge. Um, you know, it's I, I know we're only at the halfway point, but the playoffs are coming up. And if you've got a chance to make a statement, uh, you got to take it. Because if they lose, then they've only got a one-game lead on both BC and Calgary, um, which it would be shocking. So I, I, I think, yeah. Yeah, magic, started, of, magic of Mosaic. We'll talk more about it in the Preds. Um, I have it in my notes. Trust me. <laughs> Does it seem does it seem yeah. right to say that um, Sketch played well below what we feel they're capable of, and Calgary played just about at the level they're capable of? That Calgary didn't have much to improve on in that game. Uh, ex- I think that's that's bang on. I think Calgary played yes. about as uh, I think Calgary played as good as they've been playing. I mean, really, the first quarter great, but I mean afterwards, not much of anything. Uh, yeah. Whereas so that's what getting at the yeah down Skatch game from Sketch and a as good as we're gonna see you know more completions more accuracy out of Bo Levi maybe that pushes the needle up a little bit but uh, as good a defensive effort as as we're gonna see out of Calgary uh, Kadeem Carey got all the carries that he could he could want and they still only won by uh, six points. Um, so that gives me hope going into Mosaic next week. Yeah, I think for sure the story of the game for me is the underperformance of uh, the Riders. You have Cody Fajardo, who on the season I think is 
has uh, I love my favorite stat completion percentage just because I think it really signifies people who can keep drives rolling um, and stop uh, stop drives from stalling. So he's about 66% completion percentage on the season, so he's 10 percentage points lower than that in this game. Uh, not a good showing. Uh, and like he said in the post-game press conference, uh, the Riders have an explosive play problem in that they don't have any. Um, they Let me... Uh, Fill, fill some air while I look up a tweet from uh, Marshall Ferguson of TSN talking about Cody Fajardo's passes past uh, 20 yards. All I know is that he has seven interceptions and one touchdown on the throws past 20 yards this is, season. Is so Cody far. Fajardo Chad Pennington? So, Fajardo, so here it is. Fajardo <laughs> on throws past 20 yards this season this is, Chad is Pennington 10 stuff. for 43 for 344 yards, one touchdown, seven interceptions. Yeah, that's Chad Pennington stuff. Not good. Not good. That is, and he knows it, and he's upset, so they bring in uh, Duke Williams to try and uh, fix that problem. So that Yeah, the, 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 la- the lack of field. Shaq Evans is also, I think, really affecting this. If He's, if he's Shaq working Evans, back, but yeah, absolutely. He is. He is. I, I, think, I think if Evans, because, I mean, we saw it the first week when Evans was healthy they're a different beast when they have when they have Evans when they have a downfield threat so let's hope Duke can uh, can, can get that back for them and then if, if Evans can make it back before the playoffs uh, how, how exciting is that though with the prospect uh, the, the prospect the of Evans the Evans yeah. Evans Duke and and uh, Kyron, know, and Moore. Kyron Moore unfortunately for my fantasy team and for Saskatchewan you know without that threat really that really a, a legitimate threat, you know, it doesn't really open him up for these, you know, kind of bust him open plays out of the slot back position. Well, that's where I think Moore thrives when you have people who can take the top off the defense and he can squirm his way into gaps underneath and then get yards after the catch. And, yeah, he's just not been able to do that when you can't take the top off of the defense. Uh, so we shall see how the Riders evolve their offense going forward. Guys, any final thoughts on the week nine games before we jump into talking week 10 here? God, I was just, we were, we were, we were just one comeback drive away from a golden week. Oh, I know you want it so bad, but you are the smartest CFL predator in the world. So don't (laughs) let that be lost on you. Yeah. Um, uh, Didn't, didn't learn a lot this week. Or no, we are who they thought thing. they were. <laughs> yes. Um, so we already talked at the beginning of the show about the Ottawa at Toronto game. The kickoff week 10, that just finished up maybe an hour ago. Toronto with the victory. Uh, so they're going to, both of these teams are going to double dip later in the week. So we shall get to them. So we're going to kick off talking. And for the record, although we already stated it, we all picked Toronto to win that one. So now we're getting into Edmonton at Winnipeg on Friday night. Uh, I will start off with, of course, the bit. I have the Edmonton Elks getting the win because I've never (laughs) picked against them. Although, I must say, strongly, strongly considering breaking that. Just because I am feeling a very, just, you know, dysfunction and lack of excitement and rumblings that... You know, the Edmonton's just not being run the right way. And it's just taking a lot of the fun out of me. I, I cheer for the players on the field, which is why I am picking the Elks. I still want to see them get the win. I This is 
I, you know, love this team and would be incredible to see them get the dub at Winnipeg. Uh, I think it highly unlikely. Uh, currently, I haven't even checked, well, because I don't even care about it, but if I were to check the spread for the game on Friday night, it would show that Edmonton are 14 and a half point underdogs, which is certainly not good. Um, boys, what do you see happening in this game uh, in Winnipeg on Friday? Uh, more of the I, same. I, if, if we if we weren't a uh, family podcast, I could get really descriptive about what's going to happen <laughs> in this game. But this is this has a chance to get real. Up. T. Harris is back, which is I, almost I, I more think worrying. I would, if I were Trevor Harris, I would just be begging the uh, <laughs> the athletic trainer to not clear me for the game. Yeah, uh, could it could get ugly. I think that he is going to have an average of like 1.2 seconds. He's yeah. going to be running for his life. It's going to be, yeah. it's it's not going to be fun. It, it's no, going to be sir, rough. Also, Sir Vincent Roger popped up on the Elks injury port today. So even worse news heading into a game against the best defensive line in the league. Yeah, this is going to be. T-Press. So you, you have Winnipeg in this one? Uh, I have, I have Winnipeg. I have Winnipeg against until further until further notice. Yeah, you might as well I just think... might as well just pen, pen, pencil it in. No, I think that's wise. Uh, Peter also has Winnipeg, uh, so let's move on to some more interesting games. Uh, although we also all pick the same on this one, uh, Calgary at Sketch. I've got you guys want to hear some stats about our friend Cody Fajardo. Are you going to give me some home home versus road splits? No, I'm giving you wins versus losses. Okay. Five riders wins this year. Cody Fajardo, 121 of 157. That's uh, 76.4 completion percentage. Seven TDs, three interceptions. In the three losses, granted two of them against by far the best team in the league, he's 59 of 100. Anybody want to tell me how much? What's his completion percentage there? Something less than seventy-five. <laughs> it's fifty-nine percent. Zero <laughs> touchdowns, five interceptions. So as you can see, the riders go as Cody goes. No surprise in a QB-driven league. But I see Fajardo picking himself back up, getting his head, getting his head right, getting a win. Uh, so I think the riders take this one. I believe that. The, and the magic of mosaic. I, I also just think that um, Sketch had just kind of gotten out of sorts. We, you know, I, and the the same things I talked about in weeks seven and eight um, mm-hmm. about the guys really looking up to Cody and and rallying behind him, um, especially in the late drives, uh, did not happen this game. Uh, and and they were behind early, and Cody just wasn't able to rally the troops behind him. I think he lost his head a little bit. There's definitely some frustrations with the deep ball that that just boiled over. Um, and you know, I don't. Uh, we text about it a little bit, but there's you know uh, a rift in the Beatles, or at least between um, Jason Moz and uh, and Cody Fajardo. They were actually arguing and. Uh, Moz ran and, you know, pleaded his case to Craig Dickinson at the end of the last game. So there was 
a little bit of bl bad blood. I think they were pissed. They were down early and just never got their head right. So I think the the boil over at the end of last week allowed them to kind of come together, clear the air. I think their head's right going into this game, and I think Sketch is going to take this one. I think the addition of Duke Williams also can't be uh, overstated Good in terms point. of bringing in a it's, big it's gonna, new toy. It's, it's going to it's going to take a minute for the for them to get it figured out. But yes, it's it, there's no way it 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 can't hurt. No, I don't <laughs> think so. Uh, CFL All Star in 2019 uh, with Edmonton. Uh, spent the last couple of years with the Bills in the NFL. Yeah, I, I think that's a good addition to bring in. Tyler, what do you see happening in this one? Um, to your point, I, I see a return to form from Cody. I think Cody needs to to not rely so much on the, the crowd to be there to to hype him up. I think he needs to he needs to be a little more self motivating. I feel like sometimes in these, especially away from Mosaic. I'm not quite as impressed with him. Um, you know, he's got he's got to find it within himself to to, to raise his his level on the road, um, because they're not going to you know if 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 they let's say they play really well for the rest of the season and they're the two seed. Okay, well you're most likely going to have to go to Winnipeg at some point and win. Yeah, no, that would be a fact for sure. So the the, the standards need to be raised, and I think that Duke Williams coming is big. But I think that that Shaq Evans and that familiarity coming back is probably going to be even bigger. And if the, the sooner that happens, and getting Duke and and Shaq on the outside is massive. Is that four receivers is the best? If there's the four receivers that are starting, if you have Schaefer, uh, ba yeah, Schaefer Baker, Schaefer Baker in there, in there, and uh, with everybody else, that's that's the best four pass catchers on a single team. That's interesting. That. That is something to think about. I don't. I'm not sure you're wrong there. I I think that might be right, which is an interesting thing to think about. Definitely gets the old think, brain. Me, who do you think is the best receiving core right now in the CFL? Right off the top of your head, I would say when, I guess I can't say fully well, healthy. I mean, when fully healthy, I think, uh, what is it? It's got to be. I, I want to almost say, in terms of performance right now, I, I would say BC. I was gonna say yeah, I was gonna say BC, but they I have think the best. They have the best. Winnipeg, they have the best top two. They have the best one two. Yeah, combo. but I think um, when Kenny Lawler, Winnipeg is so deep. When you think yeah. okay, you've got you got Darvin Adams, uh, you've got um, you know Dembski, but even below that you go. Uh, you know, Wolitarski, you got all these guys who can just Bailey. really, really play. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, for sure. And I, I think definitely BC, ha even like, I, I wish Lamar Durant, I don't know what the, what the deal is, he, but he's maybe, not. Yeah. I think, what, how, I wasn't able to watch all of the game on Saturday. How much, how many minutes was he getting? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. I'm, I'm going to pay closer like attention on the next game, but, um, yeah, just a you know a really deep core out of uh, out of the bombers, but but Saskatchewan is does have a, a, a deep squad as well. I think they're they're up there. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good squads. Um, so let's kick this to Matt first. Uh, Matt, okay. tell us who you're taking in the uh, first of Monday's matchups: uh, Ottawa at Montreal. 
In the first of Monday's matchups, I'm just going to be taking Montreal. Um, I actually, you know, I, like I said, talking about Toronto, I had thought, you know, Ottawa's got something going, um, and they don't, unfortunately. They, they so, might. They still might. <laughs> they still might. Um, John, you mentioned it offline, but uh, Caleb Evans does not have a commanding throw. And you think of, uh, I think one of the reasons that um, Winnipeg and Zach Laros is doing so well is when Zach Laros throws the ball, it basically teleports it to where flies. he wants it to. It just zips. And it's it's a laser beam, and it's accurate, and all of Caleb Evans' throws, especially the two that got picked off uh, and returned for touchdowns uh, today, just seem to be filled with helium. And even Which is on... tough because he is dynamic in so many other ways. He escapes yeah. the rush well. His designed runs are solid, and I think he has generally okay decision making. He made yep. a few, you know, but God, there's just no pop on his throws. Yeah, and then there's just the the challenge of I don't think that Ottawa's defense is yeah. is that strong. We've known that, so um, I I don't think this is going to be a blowout. Um, but I also don't think Ottawa's going to score that many points. So I'm taking Montreal. T Press, what are you seeing? I saw a better Montreal defense uh, against Hamilton. I think that if the defense plays three quarters of the the way they played against Hamilton, they'll handle Ottawa pretty easily. Um, I just think that that v, that that Ottawa defense is not going to put VA under a ton of pressure, and I think VA has maybe his has he had a game without an interception? Uh, I yes, to, I think the first Ottawa game. Okay, well this this will be the second <laughs> this will be the this will be the second game of the season he doesn't have an interception. Um. I have also, myself, as well as our off-air friend Peter, have it from Montreal. Uh, I got some stats for you. Is Peter uh, now a friend of the pod, or is he... <laughs> He's bordering on friend of the pod He was on for territory. seven weeks straight. Let's, let's let the guy have some, yeah, the guy some credit. Not. Fair oh, okay. Because he's, he's, so he's busy working. He's busy working, right? He is, he does, he is in the middle of midterms, Tyler. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, um, none of us have anything going on. Nothing at all. None, of, none of us have a child oh. they're taking care of. Yeah, it's just that I don't... I to be don't fair, I legitimately well. have all the time in the world, so... <laughs> um, um, <laughs> William Stanback, career versus the Red Blacks. Um, 52 carries for 345 yards. 6.6 yards per carry. Oh, big Which Willie's is gonna better. Eat. Check William Stanback's career average. 6.3 yards per carry. Compare that to so some of his contemporaries. So good. Andrew Harris, John White, and William Powell all have uh, career uh, yards per carries of 5.4. Oh uh, and James Wilder Jr., career yards per carry of 5.6. So my boy, William Stanback, is almost no, no, no. a whole he's... yard more than no, all no, of those he's, guys. He's, he's my boy. That's why I drafted him. He is a beast. So I feel like there's nothing better on Thanksgiving Monday than a heavy filling of William Standback, and he's going to lead Montreal to victory. <laughs> I would love for Montreal to jump out to a quick, I don't know, 17 to 3 oh, so they or can something. just feed him? And they can just, he can just have a second. Maybe he gets 25 carries for like 186 yards or something ridiculous with two touchdowns. 
I, yes, I would love that. That'd be nice. Uh, so now we're gonna jump. <laughs> Should I watch to... this game with Liz and Paul? I'm actually they're gonna. I'm gonna be seeing them on Monday. I would don't. Liz and Paul are my Matt and Peter's parents, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see why not. Because uh, this will be on like right after the marathon's over, and they're coming here to watch the marathon. Oh, perfect. Well, the, the Boston Marathon for everybody. If they stay late, I don't know when they fly out. Um, we got Toronto at Hamilton for our dessert portion. Of game of the, the week, Monday <laughs> doubleheader. Game of the um, week. What game of the week for me? It is yes, because this for, is for as. I uh, I mean it's close. Saskatchewan Calgary would be my other close one, but for me it is Toronto at Hamilton for my game of the week. Rivalry game, playoff implications. Yeah, it's a big game. And I uh, we're gonna and guess what, Tyler? We're gonna kick it to you first to tell us who you got in this one. Uh. One of these teams is entering with a two-game winning streak, the defense playing well, and I think has turned a corner and is going to really start asserting themselves in the East, and that is the Toronto Argonauts. Yes, it is. Uh, I, I see uh, MBTE starting the game. Uh, I see him playing within himself and uh, having a balanced uh, rush uh, pass game with Toronto. Uh, I think the Hamilton offense is average, Right now, I don't. I don't. I know that they have uh, some some of their players that were good two years ago back, which is which is nice. <laughs> you are uh, a hater. You're a such hater. Such a hater. Uh, <laughs> the biggest hater in the whole wide world. There's but no uh, Brandon Banks is Brandon Banks is a shell of him himself. Oh, uh, oh, God, God! Ouch. I hope he doesn't listen. You say you're sorry. And Masoli apparently still has a rib injury that John is concerned that he shouldn't be playing. Coming so. off of a rib injury. Oh, okay. Uh, Listen, ribs hurt. I did yeah. crack a rib in college playing football, and oh. it was a no, 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 big deal, ladies. He played football. NBD. Um, yeah. uh, but, any, but anyway, yeah, I, I think Tor- I think Toronto is finally. I know it was against Ottawa. Uh, I, I put a great defensive performance, nonetheless. I think that. They can take the positives from that. I think that Hamilton struggled against to score a lot of points against Montreal, who, in my opinion, have one of the worst defenses in the CFL. So uh, I see Toronto winning a game. I think it'll be close, maybe 28-21, 24-21, something like that. I like that. You're not you're not worried about it being uh, on the road, are you? Um, I'm going to – I think I'm – I meant to the point that Toronto is ready. Okay, to prove you're you're a believer in the Argos. I, they're five and hey, they got the same record as Sketch. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean? I see this as it's not a must win for either team. I nope. think you know. I think these teams are going to be battling out for the next few weeks. But in terms of momentum, this is a big one. Uh, there's no doubt about it. This is this these teams' third showdown of the year. The, they split the Labor Day matchup and the subsequent rematch. Now, Dane Evans was at the helm for the majority of both of those. Let's see what, you know, Hamilton looks like with Masoli, Banks, and Addison uh, rolling in their second start back from injury. I'm about to launch into a little bit of stats, and I will say that I think stats like this are kind of BS considering how much teams change from year to year. But dig this on Jeremiah Masoli in his career versus the Argos. He's played, he started eight games spanning from 2015 to last year in 2019. This will be his first start of the year against the Argos. In those eight games, Masoli is 7-1. and one. 
He's uh, has 68% completion percentage, 292 yards per game, 21 touchdowns, and only six interceptions. That is pretty solid uh, production against one team. And for that reason, I've got Masoli leading the Ticats to a win over the Argos. Yeah, I, I think for all those reasons you stated, I think that Hamilton is just looking good. They're... Um, especially at home, I would for sure be picking Toronto if it was in Toronto. Um, but I think at home with a really solid defense and a an offense that can get going when it feels like it, uh, I think yes. Hamilton will have enough to pull this one out. Uh, Peter sees it the same way with Hamilton uh, in the lead. Uh, before we move to fantasy, let's talk league leaders. Passing yards, Caleros. Rushing yards, stand back. Um, and receiving yards, our boy Kenny Lawler, who, as we mentioned, is going to be missing a week because, unfortunately, he got a DUI. So, um, but also in his favor in terms of the receiving yards situation, number two and three, Lucky Whitehead and Brian Burnham, are not playing this next week. So Eugene Lewis would have to put in a... Uh, about a 150-yard game to get up on Lawler's level. So I think that lead may be safe for another week. Possible, uh, possible though. I would love to see it. Matt, <laughs> uh, can you talk uh, fantasy before we get into our listener feedback segment? I can. So a uh, very interesting um, very interesting week. Uh, the first time I think we had two people in the 90s or above. I don't quote me on that. Don't look back at the stats you can't see. But I think this is the first time we had two big weeks. Um, Those big weeks were John at 99.3 and myself at 95.9. John um, led by a huge 38.5 out of Kenny Lawler and backed up by an equally huge, well, not equally huge, different numbers, a less huge but still huge 25.6 out of Darrell Walker. Um, and the two juniors, Wilder and Adams, had a 14.9 and a 14.2 respectively. So um, I think, like, we got to figure out, we got to solve the Greg Ellingson problem. I don't he know held what to you, say. He held you. He, he took your century from you, um, uh, which is too bad. I don't know what's going on over there. Well, I, I do. He's just not getting the touches that he used to. I, th- I think they're... He doesn't um, have a good quarterback throwing to him. <laughs> Uh, for oh my myself, I, uh, 95.9, I had three guys in the 20s, which is the first time for me to do that. So Taylor Cornelius, 22.6, William Powell, 21.6, and Eugene Lewis, 20.2. So that was huge. It uh, wasn't enough to uh, take the top spot from John, but still a good week for me. And because Tyler came in third at 54.9, uh, it meant that I... Uh, retook the lead. So we'll can get we to talk about my players bit. for a minute and say we why, why? Why? I was going to get into it. Uh, the Sketch inert offense uh, hurt you with the double dip from Cody Fajardo and Kyron Moore, eleven point one to fourteen point six, and obviously the big one, uh, Lucky Whitehead, only point one yards. Even though he did return, uh, he just was not a a threat. So that's a, a bummer. Yeah, I have an announcement to make. Um, oh, I was wondering if this was going to happen. 
it it pains me as a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan to say this, but uh, due to circumstances beyond my control, Zach Claros will be my fantasy quarterback moving forward. <gasps> that's the rival. That's... You pick the rival. <laughs> this man. Fantasy. Dude, fantasy, that's, the thing. fantasy. that's the difference between me and you. You are power hungry. You power hungry. <laughs> you, you do anything to win. You, you won't stand by your boys, Tyler. Uh, I, I, I'm so, I'm right. I am too close to the top to not, to, if, if I was in Peter's position, I'd stick to my, stick to my morals, but. If um, Winnipeg and Sketch played next week, you would pick Winnipeg? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, for shame. <laughs> for shame. What profit a man to give I will the man the, i mean I, john john I, I, how many I, does how many weeks do the elks have to play uh winnipeg the rest of the way at this point tyler is looking down the barrel of a potential champ champ which has never been done um so i think i i understand where he's coming from he may be the champ champ but if he turns his back on his boys he'll also be the chump chump so. I knew I knew that was I knew, was, I, knew I, I smelled that a mile off. Well, speaking of smelling things a mile off, uh, Peter oh was in fourth God. place at twenty nine point eight points, his lowest uh, of the year. And what's crazy is that all of his players had games and were on the healthy list. Um, Peter, I, Peter, I got some good news for you though. I talked to your mom uh, a couple of hours ago and. She's very proud that you are doing very well in your financial accounting stuff. So uh, at least you can at least at least you can hang your hat on that. That is go. important. Uh, so he was led this week by Andrew Harris, who had eleven point three. That was his only player in double digits. Uh, he had two players: the Shacks with Johnson with one point six and Cooper with one. That's, what could that's have been rare. the Shack attack? That could have been. I know. Who? To be fair. Who was to know that the Lions were just never going to give Shaq Cooper the ball? That's a good point. <laughs> Seemed like that was something they were planning on doing, and then were just like, mm, I don't feel like it. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, all <laughs> right, so overall, we've got myself retaking the number one spot, 67, 673.1. I don't know why I always do that. Tyler falling back to second place, 650.9. John with an even 616. And Peter... At one point, sniffing <laughs> 100 points of John is now in danger of falling 200 points behind. He's so He's far away, four, he can't smell anything. 438.2. Nah, not good. Not good. Uh, Very RJ not good. Harris put in a good showing for me in, uh, this tonight against uh, Toronto. So I got, I'm got. i pretty happy. I think it got me around 12 points, which is uh, pretty solid. Yeah, 12.4. I only got 13.3 at MBT. And six out of Ricky Collins. So that's tough. Guys, are you ready for our first listener feedback segment of the year? Somebody has finally written in and they have asked us a question. Uh, this question comes from former Oregon State Beaver and former UBC Thunderbird, uh, Cole Boilo. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered. Thank, thank you, Cole, by the way. Um, who is your favorite CFL player and why? Pretty straightforward. Um, who wants to kick us off here? 
T Press, I feel like you're the obvious answer, even though you're turned your back on him. Yeah, Who's this is a good time player? for you to talk about your favorite CFL yeah, player. Yeah, tell us about your favorite CFL player, Tyler. Uh, <laughs> come on, guys, stop being mean. <laughs> you know oh, what? I know what? I, I, I'm you not. I'm not. Back I, on him. I'm not gonna. I'm actually not gonna give an obvious answer here. Oh, this year my favorite CFL player is Willie Stanback. That is true. You do what? love him. I have been hyping Willie Stanback up. I picked him to be the leading rusher of the CFL, and I've been gassing him up all year. Yeah. I'm a huge Willie Stanback fan. The guy is an absolute wrecking ball. He's a force to be reckoned with. He's the best running back in the CFL right now. I think he was he was almost the best running back in the CFL two years ago. So that means he kept in shape for the last two years. He came back hungry and ready to play. I wish Montreal would give him the ball 30 times a game because I think they'd be winning more games if they did, honestly. Uh, he's I need, fun. To, I need to interject. I've heard enough. Now, he's I know fun. you're excited about being right about his production. But you are. I am, but I also. Dra- but I also. But I also. Dra- I, I also draft. Believe what I'm hearing. I but am. This is. This is this a betrayal is, on levels which have never been seen before. You don't even drop Fajardo's name. <laughs> he you are all mention. about Fajardo, God. and you're acting like you've never heard of him before. This is <laughs> shocking. I told you. Is. I told you that fo- football is a what have you done late, lately for me sport. You are cold oh hearted. I don't want any part of this anymore. You said I'm what? cold-hearted uh i am not cold-hearted uh uh i'm just you asked me who my favorite right now that's how i'm feeling that's my favorite if you're asking me right now who my favorite favorite player in the cfl is it's willie standback how, how could that be true i just it just doesn't it doesn't matter this man All right, my Gerardo, answer who gave is you a shout I'm... out after you ran a marathon it's a good point i don't know if you remember that tyler i remember that cody i remember that <laughs> matt go ahead my favorite player, and I just really appreciate uh, the guy as a guy, as a football player, and I wish him nothing but the best, and I'm always Michael happy Riley. when he succeeds, and Michael I'm Riley. always sad when he doesn't succeed, and that is Michael Riley. I just think yes. he's a great ambassador for the game. I think he's a hell of a competitor. Nothing yeah, to do I with think. where he goes to church? Not even a little bit? <laughs> has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. That is a cherry on top. Oh, okay. great, great selector of churches as well. On top without, of without any of that, he really is. He's just a, a fun guy to watch. He's a dynamic quarterback. And I, I do like, he, he does a lot of stuff for uh, you know the Lions social media. And he just is a uh, seems like a swell guy stand-up guy um for me mike riley is certainly up there big play va t harris i also got a soft spot for ellingson always uh and bo lacumbo as well former uh, duck there um if you had to ask me last year you know brad sinopoli is one of my faves but it's been this way since i was in like the seventh grade my favorite player um, in the CFL, Jeremiah Masoli. <laughs> I love that guy. Loved him since he was at Oregon. Uh, I always support him. I got mad love for Masoli. So hoping that he's back strong from this injury and uh, kickstarts Hamilton to a win this week because uh, he's my dude. 
Also, some of my favorite players are just anybody I've taken as a dark horse that's either uh, that's either done nothing that season and then gone on to do things later, or has uh, you know j- j- shout out uh, Jacoby Brissett. You uh, just Jacoby. love love being right. Dij- any, any player Brissett. that's made you right <laughs> is your favorite, which is D- an interesting take. D- Dijon Brissett, shout out Dijon Brissett tonight. T- touchdown. Uh, yeah, uh, which is and probably also... why he feels Tyler. It's probably why he feels so emboldened almost to yes. chuck Cody to the side. You want to feel right about taking we all listen. We all did. We were wrong. We all took the piss out of Zach Kalaros coming in this year. Yes. John, you and I were arguing about whether BC or Winnipeg would be last in the division. <laughs> listen, do I know what I'm talking about? No. But so for Tyler to have selected Zach for his fantasy team is it's very last, important with that his he last can pick. now <laughs> he can now lord that over us. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't pick Calaris as my favorite player. In fact, he's not. I, I really put. You know, for me to win, I got to put the guy who's probably on pace to be the MOP. I'm sorry. I. You are. You know what? You are Every, sorry. You're the sorry state I w- of affairs. I, 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 I would be. I would be. And I would That's be a moron to not start. The, 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 <laughs> it'd be um, moronic to have the MOP quarterback on my team in the second half of the season and not play him. It would be foolish to turn your back on your favorite player, Cody Fajardo, and your favorite team, the Rough Riders. That's <laughs> I what do, would be I do love the, I do love the Rough Riders. I also love Cameron Judge, big Cameron Judge guy. Yeah, I hope his ankle gets better. Yeah, he we, would, we, the CFL, the, the CFL, the CFL needs needs Cameron Judge. The Cameron Judge is a is a great player. I do agree with that. And uh, a great and a great Canadian. Shot. Any parting shots before we uh, put a bow on this episode? Yeah, I'd like to get Peter pod. on the pod. Can we? Can we? Can we just do. make sure we? We're we, gonna try. We, we're gonna we get accom- Peter Can we accommodate soon? Peter a little bit and ask him to tell <laughs> if us? If anybody when he's... wants to send in a plea to Peter to Mon- put in Monday a show night, on the maybe pod. can we Monday night Monday night pod? Uh, I don't know. Matt, do you do you have off work? Well, I, I, don't, I don't have off work. It's Indigenous oh, People's it, Day. Mondays aren't great for me. Even on Indigenous People's Day? Tyler loves to just change any time the pod <laughs> is being taped. I like, if I could do the pod at any time, it would be Tuesdays at 645. That's what I like too. P- Peter is Peter is not going to have class on. Let's on no, let's Peoples let's Day. not forget that Tuesdays at six forty five was a accommodation for you, Tyler. Yeah. I know this is bad. Yeah, bad radio here, but I want all the people to know because Tyler's got me fired up. That at six o'clock yesterday, yeah. our friend Tyler sends it to te- sends us a text and goes, "Yeah, I'm really not going to be able to record." Six tonight. o'clock any, Western, nine o'clock Eastern. Red Sox Yankees was anytime, on. It was a close anytime game. Anytime this week is fine. Oh well, at least thanks for giving us options, <laughs> letting us know 45 minutes before taping that you weren't going to be able to get it done. Uh, but you know, we're recording. What, what, we're not what taping. Else there's, no, there's, no ta- there's no tape deck here. What else would I expect from somebody who? turns his back on his favorite franchise <laughs> oh i can't i can't and now now you now you definitely can't p- ever pick against the elks the rest i mean you're already in the basement of Pred, so it doesn't really matter so you keep picking the elks when when they're going to get their asses handed to them week after week it's but, called loyalty i mean loyalty <laughs> okay and... this is what i want to say though tyler i have won the preds pool twice oh god oh, you haven't won the preds pool in two years be quiet i have won the preds pool twice out of the three years <laughs> we've done it and I've picked the Elks oh every time in both of those gosh. years, showing my loyalty did oh. not cost me. 
like a Yankee fan. Like, oh my god, I wasn't even alive for those World Series. Oh my god, this guy is <laughs> good once and it all goes to his head. Well, before I'm good once. I'm good week. I'm good week after week. I don't know what this good once thing is. Before this falls completely off the rails, uh, it's already guys, off the rails. Send us listener feedback again. Shouts to Cole Boilo uh, for this week's listener feedback. DM at Shups and Preds on Twitter. Send an email to shupsandpreds at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, if you think we could do something different, better, let us know. We'll see what we can do for you. Other than that, I'm just ready for Thanksgiving weekend and a good slate of games. We'll talk to you later. Peace.